Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Grab your notes, grab your pen. Here we go. Now I'm going to try to stay on notes tonight. How many believe I could do that? Don't. Don't. How many believe we're going to finish tonight? Don't. Just don't believe it. No, I promise you we will. I really, really believe we will. Matter of fact, the Lord kind of challenged me. What I'm bringing to you tonight was uh, a lesson that I taught actually in a classroom setting. It was a 12-week deal. So I had to take a portion of that 12-week classroom setting teaching and bring it to you tonight. So this is what I believe the Lord laid on my heart to bring to all of us tonight. If it's a word in due season, let's dare to believe that. If not, oh well, we can say we learned something tonight. Amen. But I'm going to try to do it in that classroom setting. I'm going to try to teach it in the teaching um, format that it should be because there's information here. Now listen, here's the key to notes. Whether you take notes or we provide notes, either way you should be in a note format mindedness when it comes to God's word being taught or preached to you. How many understand that? And the reason I reiterate that is because we have a lot of young believers here tonight. And you want to be one that tries to capture what God is saying to you. Now, obviously when someone's preaching, you're not going to capture everything they're saying because not everything they're saying is for you. But there will be something that will be for you and you want to capture that. So as you're going through the notes and you're filling in blanks, when the Spirit of God is saying something that you know, you know is just for you, make highlight of that among the notes. Does that make sense? So you're ready for it tonight. Here we go. Let's look at our text scripture. First Peter chapter 5. Now there's some verses here. I don't know how they ended up on these notes, but they're, they're not what I wanted to get to. So we're going to go right to verse 4. So look at the text scriptures. Let's go to verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Submit to whom? And resist whom? One more time. Submit to whom? Resist who? All right, we're going to find out how to do that tonight. And it's going to be obvious as we read the scriptures that follow that humility is the key to that. How many have ever talked to somebody and you may mention something that they're really good at or they're intrigued over and they say, now you're talking my language. How many have ever done that? I remember at the egg hunt, the guys that do the barbecuing, I mean, they they are like, they have taken backyard barbecuing to a level that is just beyond my imagination. They're like pros at backyard barbecuing. You know what I mean, Gary? I mean, they've just taken it. I don't even have a grill. I was thinking about that. My wife's been trying to get us to get one, but I don't know, just don't even have a grill. But, you know, you, you talk to those guys, mention anything about barbecuing, and now they're like, you're talking my language. Right? How many have ever had that happen to you? If somebody mentions something that is kind of your MO, your mode of operation, how many know it's intriguing to you? How many are with me? Well, we need to understand the title tonight is picked that way for a reason because if you really want the MO, the mode of operation of heaven, humility is it. If you want to know the language of God, humility is it. I mean, one of my favorite verses is in Philippians chapter two. It talks about how Jesus 
in all his glory and equal with God the Father as the Son of God, but yet he chose to humble himself and to the point of death, even death on the cross. Do you realize that salvation, that we enjoy, how many enjoy salvation through Jesus? And by the way, if you're here tonight and you've yet to make that decision, again, you're at the right place at the right time because we're gonna help you make the greatest decision you could ever make and that's receive Jesus. But salvation, Christianity itself, listen, is built on humility. The very essence of being redeemed, the very essence of our sins being forgiven, the very essence, if you will, of the cross is Jesus humbled himself. So it is the language of heaven. And I don't know about you, I, I, I wanna know the, the MO of God. I wanna know the language of heaven. I wanna operate in the very thing that I know is of utmost intriguing to our Heavenly Father. And I'm totally convinced of this through experience on both ends of this, by the way, on the ends of pride and the ends of humility. And, and, and I've found that humility is the best. How many here with me? Come on, don't leave me hanging up here. You're all like, yeah, it's just you, man. It's like that guy that says, it's like that guy that says, I'm proud that I'm not proud. How many with me? And, and, and I have been on the end of pride. And I'm gonna tell you what. It's exactly, you know, let's look at these, let's go back to our text scripture. It's exactly what these verses say. Now we're about to read a verse, and I don't know about you, this verse blows my mind, if you will because it shows us something, literally, that humility is the language of heaven. It truly is the MO, the mode of operation of God. Look at this, it goes on to say, verse five, likewise, you younger people, all you younger people, that's obviously good for you. It says, submit yourselves to whom? Your elders, that's anybody with a little bit of gray hair, that's what that means. Yes, all of you be submissive to what? One another and be clothed with humility. Now look at this next part. I want you to highlight this on your notes. Mark it with your pen, highlight it if you have one. Make notation of this. Look at this statement. For God resists. One translation says opposes. God opposes the proud. Now try to, let's just hit the pause button for a moment. Can we do this? Just on this portion of scripture. Try to use your imagination, because God gave us a powerful tool, it's our imagination. Try to use your imagination of God opposing anyone, let alone you. God opposes, God resists the proud, but what's the rest of that verse say? He gives to the humble. Now, you may be new in the Lord and you may not quite understand that yet, but let me help you, if I could, just for 30 seconds. The possibility of a lot of what you're going through, the struggles that you're going through right now in your life, may be because of this. Notice I said maybe. It may be you've yet to understand or walk into humility and walk in humility like God wants you to, and you're not seeming to get the blessings of the Lord in your life like you're hungering for, you're desiring for, you're even praying for those blessings and you're wondering why they're not coming yet. It could be 
because humility needs to be learned. How many know that's a possibility? How many with me tonight? It may not be, but yet it may. Amen? So God opposes, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to whom? Again, say it. See, I'm trying to get you intrigued over this message. So as we go through the content and the information that you're going to be in that mindset. Because some of the information I'm going to give you, you're going to be like, does that really have to do with humility? Yes. At least I believe it does. But be in that mindset. You don't want the opposition of God. You want the absolute. You've got to envision grace the total opposite. God opposing us is God saying, wait a minute. I cannot get my hands of blessing to you. Humility allows God to literally, everybody look at me. It allows God to literally embrace us, grasp us, hold on to us closely. How many know that's more powerful? Amen. But it goes on to say that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Look at this next verse. I just want to say, duh. Look what Peter says. Therefore, humble yourself. Everybody say, duh. If God opposes, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, duh, humble yourself. Amen. Therefore, humble yourselves. I love this. Under the mighty hand. See, we're wanting the blessings of God. We're wanting the help of God. We're wanting the strength of God. See, to get the hand of God, which signifies the blessings and the help of the Lord, humble yourself. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Everybody say, in due time. Everybody say, the right season. Now, notice verse 7. This is interesting to me. Why is Peter talking about God opposing the proud, giving grace to the humble, and God's hand exalting you in due time when you do humble yourself? And then all of a sudden, it's like, is he having a, just a, a, a thought off the cuff in verse 7 about casting cares? Everybody say, no. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say no. Because he's not. He says, cast all your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. See, I'm totally convinced that in life, the number one reason, the reason we hold on to the stuff, the cares, the worries, the anxieties in our lives is because of pride. And the only reason we do that, everybody look at me for a minute, because this is very simple. I want to help you because they're, 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 I want to release condemnation from some of you because we can get condemned. Oh, I'm a proud person. No, really what that means, when we're found proud over the anxieties and worries and things of life, meaning we're holding on to them with our own hands and we haven't, look at me, we haven't relinquished them into the hands of God. How many know Ken's hands to resolve problems God's hands to resolve problems. How many, how many with me? Two different worlds. And a lot of times we're found proud and holding on to the problems of life is because, listen, listen, here's the key. We haven't learned to trust yet. That's all that is. See, if you really want to know the key to humility, it's just learning to trust. See, when I was found proud in my life, I just didn't know to trust or know how to trust the Lord. But when God began to take me on a journey, 
of humbling myself before him, I had to learn to trust him. Now, everybody look at me for a minute. It hurt. There was times I had to trust him and it hurt. How many have ever been at that place? Let me see your hands. Let's support people around us. You've been there with me, right? You're trusting God so much that it hurt because here's why it hurt me because I wanted to get in there and fix it. And the number one reason, and I'm going to be preaching this Sunday, by the way. Got to put the plug in, pass it on, right? Hey, I think it's going to be a good message. Huh? Number one reason, because I didn't like the timing of the Lord. I don't want to wait. How many know when you feel proactive with your problems, you feel like it's going to get resolved quicker? Does it always work? Oh, it usually makes it longer because you messed it up more. At least I have. Amen. So this verse is interesting. Verse seven, because he says, hey, true realization that you've humbled yourself as you're casting your cares. All those worries and anxieties, those things, folks, look at me, those things that are keeping you up at night, whether it's about your kids, your finances, your future, your body ailment in your body, whatever it may be, God says, listen, learn to trust me. Amen. Now look at verse eight. I love this. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. See, that tells me when we're in pride, lack of trusting the Lord, we're positioned as prey for our enemy. I'll say that again. When we are found to be in pride, not trusting the Lord, we are positioned as prey for our enemy. He preys on us because we're not in a bubble of faith, a bubble of trust, if you will, unto the Lord. So the enemy, our enemy, your enemy, all of our enemies, he thrives on pride. Because he knows if he can get you to the point of entrusting yourself versus entrusting him, he can prey on you. How many wanna learn about this tonight? You ready? Here we go. Let's define pride. It's a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, of one's own importance, one's own merit, superiority. Now I love this, look at this next part whether as cherished in the mind or literally displayed in your conduct. Hey, I've met some folks on the outside, they seem really humble people, but man, in their mind, they cherish themselves. How many are with me? See, a lot of times pride isn't always outwardly revealed or seen or experienced. A lot of times, everybody look at me, a lot of times it's hidden. That's why, here's the part that you're going to love, that's why sometimes we make the statement, well, the Lord humbled me. (laughs) Do you realize that God doesn't humble you? At all. What God does is he exposes your pride. The, The verses that we just read says, therefore, you humble yourself. God doesn't do any humbling. What God does is he sees what's in us and sometimes what we just read, remember the definition, sometimes 
Pride is cherished in the mind. Yeah. Pretty good message tonight, Ken. Yeah, you're right. I know. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then the next time I go to preach, I bomb and wonder why. How many are following me? It's cherished in the mind a lot of the times. It really is. I believe arrogance is hidden most of the time. But all of a sudden, we find ourselves, listen, we find ourselves in a position in life where all of a sudden our pride goes public. Where what was hidden and causes us to go off path, by the way, because pride, remember, is opposed by God, but grace follows those who are what? Humble. You keep walking in opposition to God, sooner or later your life's gonna reveal it. And that's when it goes public. Because God saw what was hidden, but God has to reveal it. So now we have the choice. Everybody say choice. So now we have the choice, the decision to say, Lord, that was pretty dumb. What in the world have I been doing? What in the world have I been thinking? God, where has my heart been? What have I done to allow myself at that place of heart? We humble ourselves. God never, ever humbles us. We must choose for that position of bended knee. But God surely, listen, God will surely expose it. But how many want to know the key to that? It's better to be searching for it on your own. You better be, I hope, especially after tonight, I hope you're praying about pride in your life. Because see, you don't want to wait for it to go public. How many know you don't want stuff that you're found to be, how many know when you're dumb, you don't want to be found dumb public? How many, how many are with me? How many like being found dumb in private? Come on now. But I really believe this needs to be built into our prayer life. God, if there's any hint of pride in my life, if I'm at that point where, hey, I'm cherishing me and ooh, looking good, you know, God, help me. Let me see it. Let me know it. Built into our prayer life. How many believe that's good? Let's look at some words that describe the facets the facets of pride. Here we go. Number one, arrogance. Number two, haughtiness. I know you're filling in, so I still need to go kind of quick on these. Number three, vainglory. And I know some of these words you're like, I ain't used the word vainglory ever. Well, you know, it'll help you stretch your thoughts a little bit. You can even look them up. Egotism. We've heard that one, right? How about this? Stock up. That's where that, that, that pride goes public. Right? It goes very obvious. You know, you get around some folks, you just know. It's like, oh, they really, it's kind of like this. Everybody look at me. They really love on themselves. Amen. And I know scripture says love yourself, but that's not the love it's talking about. <laughs> Number six, vanity. Number seven, self-admiration. How many of you can admire yourself? to the level that you should. But look at number two here, Roman numeral number two, pride and self-esteem. I wanna just bring a balance real quick before we get rolling with the rest of our notes because I've heard believers say this and it's incorrect. There is a healthy sense of pride that we need to have. You never dog yourself and put yourself down. Never belittle yourself and assume that that's humility. That's called false humility. See, here's why. 
If you're here tonight and you're a child of God, listen, you are somebody. Amen. <laughs> you are pretty amazing. And I know for some of us hard because that religious stuff in our minds, you know, you're supposed to be this bum begging for the grace of God and the love of God in your life. No, 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 no. The Bible says you're seated with him in heavenly places. The Bible says you're clothed in royal garments. The Bible says that you are literally cherished of the Lord. So there's a health to pride slash our self-esteem that we must, everybody say must. We must have. Look at our notes. Devilish pride must not be confused with a healthy, respectful view of oneself. See, I respect Ken. That's why I'm going to take care of Ken. I'm going to take care of Ken's spirit, soul, body, socially, and financially. I'm going to take care of Ken. Why? Because I love me that way. No, I respect who I am. You know why? God took his hands and formed me. And as handsome as I am, there ain't nobody else that looks like me. Nobody else has my fingerprints. Nobody else has the, the retina of my eye. I am unique. And I like me. Took me a long time to like me. See, some of you right now, I watch you. You're like, he is arrogant. He going kiss him all the way. He likes himself, Margaret. Did you hear that? Yep. Yes. Because God had to challenge me on that. Son, come on. See, that's the health of pride, respect for ourselves. Romans 12, verse 3, for I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I think of who I am because of who God made me to be. How many know that's as far as I need to go? But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one at what? Measure of faith. There, look at letter B. There is a Christian psychologist. He said something years ago. I saved this. He says, without humility, pride becomes arrogance and conceit. Without pride, self-esteem, humility becomes passivity and complacency. Think about that. That's a powerful thought. See, if I don't have healthy self-esteem, listen, I'm not going to be motivated to move on in the things of God. When I have a healthy view, listen, a godly view of myself, I'm not going to be passive with the things of God because I know God already approves of me. And I'm going to hunger the things of God because daddy made me to be who I am. And also, by the way, listen, he made us to enjoy the things that he has for us. But when you have a low self-esteem, everybody look at me, when you have a low self-esteem, you're not going to be motivated you're not going to have the strength of God. You're not going to have the joy of the Lord like you should. And you're not going to be motivated, surely, to go after the things of God if you think God made junk. No, I tell folks, I like me, but I'm damaged. I got some nicks. I got some cracks. I walk with a limp, if you will. Not literally, physically, but spiritually. How many of you go through life over time, how many know what I'm talking about? Can we get real for a moment? You just get beat up. How many find that out? 
Living in this world isn't all peaches and cream. Stuff, everybody say stuff. Stuff, just stuff. You get beat up, you got scars. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking physically per se. I'm talking in our souls, in our mind, our will, our emotions, in our spirit. How many know we have all that? But man, you get back up. Now, you know where I'm at in my walk with the Lord? It's like this. It's almost like, I guess maybe it's an age thing too. I don't know. But I'm almost like want to say to these younger Christians, hey, let me show you some of the scars I got. Come on, you want to know why I limp spiritually? Let me, show, let me tell you what. How, how many folks been in the Lord sometime understand that? It's just after a while you kind of get not proud. <laughs> you, you, you realize some of those things that you've learned and earned. Wow. Okay. I have seen the grace of God. It's kind of like Chelsea. You see this scar right here? Well, that's because I was stupid, but God forgave me. And he, let me tell you the story of him pulling me out of this situation. And this one over here, I was really found dumb. But let me tell you what God did to get me out of that one. And this one over here, I didn't do anything, but so-and-so did it, but I just got it. How many know what I'm talking about? Without pride or healthy self-esteem, we become passive. We become complacent with the things of God. Let's go to number three, Roman numeral number three. Eight signposts along the road to humility. Signposts. How many know when you're going along a path, especially, that you want signposts? You want signs to show you that you're in the right direction. That's what these eight signposts are. And how many know we have eight signposts and I have eight minutes? How many believe I can do it? How many believe I could? Don't quit doing that. I'm not going to do it. Signpost number one, adhering to biblical guidelines for uh, submission. There's biblical guidelines on submission. The Bible's full of truth, instruction, and training about submitting. How many know every single person in this room is submitted to someone? You must be. God designed it that way. No matter how much you try to escape submitting to someone, you are. Long as you're in this earth, you will be submitted to an authority. And I love those that say, I don't like authority. I want to buck authority. Well, you're living in this earth. Might as well learn how to do it. Amen? Think on this. To be successful in life, we must submit to certain people whom God has appropriately designated in our lives. Let's look at these. Remember, without biblical submission, no one can truly be humble. So let's gauge this. Let's see how you fare out in this test. Here we go. Number one, God's design for submission. Letter A, citizens must submit to their government. How many know that's true? Let, let me prove it to you. Try, try not paying your taxes. Tell me how that goes for you. How many know they will find you? <laughs> Let's go to letter B, if you would. Employees must submit to their supervisors. How many know that's true? How, how, many, how many, I remember when I was young, I was thinking about this the other day. My very first job, I got fired at. Yes, I got fired. They got rid of me. And that was, uh, at the time it wasn't humiliating. I was kind of glad, but now I look back and go, yeah, that was interesting. And I lied to my dad. I came home like midday and he's like, well, what's up with work? I'm like, ah, I quit. Didn't like it. He was going to beat me for quitting. So I must've just, I should have just told him the truth. You know what I mean? But, uh, how many know that we submit 
to those in authority over us in our places of employment. Amen? Let her see. Here's one. Wives submit to their husbands. Now notice, ladies, what I put in parentheses. We really submit one to another. And that's biblical truth. Though the wives are uh, uh, mentioned of the Lord, a mandate of the Lord to submit to husbands, but really in essence, if for my wife and I to work in our, for it to work in our marriage, we need to submit one to another. Amen? Letter D, young people must submit to their elders. Now, for some of you young folks who didn't choose to go to youth group or children's church, <laughs> that's for you. Amen? All right, let's go on if we can. Letter E, believers must submit to their pastors. That's always an interesting one. And how many know every one of these five, there is abuse somewhere? I've seen people take this, like what we're talking about right now, submitting to the pastors and take that to a level just blows my mind. I love Pastor Don, but if he asked me to do certain things that I, that I know just crazy, how many know I ain't doing it? <laughs> Pastor Ken, will you shave your head today? No. <laughs> how many know I'm talking about? How many know everything's within reason? But I've watched people flat out, flat out resist the authority of a pastor, and I'm going, where's the lightning bolt coming? That's crazy. <laughs> when it's within biblical Truth. Crazy. Everybody say crazy. Come on, say it like you mean it. Crazy. Act like you're crazy. No, don't. Okay, here we go. Signpost number two. Knowing your place in the body of Christ. In these scriptures, it talks about God has set each of us as members. If you jump down with me to verse five. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I mean, I could, oh, I could take so much from that verse individually members of one another. It just shows the, the importance of cohesiveness and working together and, and, and not being a loner and I can go on and on and on now. Shut up. Verse six, having then gifts differing according to the grace. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This verse says your giftings are based on grace. And I resisted, and here's the, the infamous story that Pastor Don was saying, most preachers say they ran from the call of God. Yes, I did. I told the Lord, no. I'll do all kinds of stuff in ministry, but I am not gonna pastor. Now ask me, how did that work for me? It didn't. Because your giftings are established by grace, and grace comes through humbleness. What is humbleness? Trusting the Lord. I had a trust that God knew better. Boy, that's, that sounds so ridiculous to even say that. You know, Lord, I don't know if I should, should be a pastor. What do you think, God? I don't know. How do you debate with God what you're gifted in? Isn't that funny? None of you ever done that, have you? Mm-mm. Just me. Thank you. That's why I say what I say. <laughs> Grace that is given to us, let us what? Everybody say, use them. Remember, true destiny is linked to understanding who God has made us to be. Next thought, discovering our spiritual gifts puts us in realistic touch. Oh, Lord, help me. Puts us in realistic touch with whom God has made us to be. See, that's why I'm satisfied with who Ken is. Because I'm satisfied with whom God made Ken to be. He put the package together. He placed within this package the giftings. And I love it. I love every bit of it. But it wasn't always like that. I resisted it at one time. 
but God opposed that, and I was found without grace. But now I could truly say I have grace because I love it, and I humbled myself to trust him that daddy knows best. Glory to God. Amen. That's for some of you tonight because you're struggling to take the last minute on this. And yes, I told you we won't finish the notes. But how many believe we could do part two sometime, right? Let me take the last minute on this. There's some of you here tonight, you, you're, you're really struggling in life. And, and, and you're bewildered. Now, this isn't just for young folk. or what, This is for folks of all ages. Because I've seen this happen across the age scale of all ages. And, and, and things aren't working out for you. And, and, and you're wondering, and some of you have gone through certain job after job after job. And you wonder why that's not working. Some of you, you're just not happy on your job. And you're just not settled. Even at night, when you go to sleep, you're not settled. And you're wondering why. It's because you haven't relinquished all control of who you are and what you're to do. And God wants you to. He wants you to humble yourself and say, Dad, God, what is it? What is it that you created me to breathe to do? I want to know. I'm tired of resisting it. I'm tired of stumbling over that. I'm just going to humble myself and entrust you. Once, listen, once you do, Things will begin to work out in your life that you tried for a long, long time to begin to work out. Things will begin to fall in place. See, because I'm totally convinced grace of God brings the favor of God. They're synonymous. And how many know when you get highly favored of the Lord, how many know <laughs> when God says, You're my favorite? You're my favorite. How many know you're positioned well? So with everyone seated, stay seated, close your eyes, bow your heads. I want to give folks tonight an opportunity. And it's going to be three things. First and foremost, for sure, because I mentioned it earlier. There are folks here possibly tonight, you've been debating about accepting Jesus. Maybe your grandma, your mom, or your, your, your aunt, or friend, coworker, somebody possibly has been telling you about this Jesus and you've been contemplating about giving your life completely to him. Folks, everyone in this room had to face that same decision. So tonight, if you're here and you say, you know what, Ken, I'm going to do it. I'm going to accept Jesus. I'm going to turn to Jesus. I'm going to ask Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I need you to lift up your hand tonight. Let me see your hands. Anyone tonight? Yes, over here. Anyone else? Yes, sir, right there. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Tonight's your night. Be bold over this. Yes, again, over here. It's your night. You can put your hands down if you've raised them. Anyone else? Be bold. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. Yes, sir. Amen. Be bold. Jesus is everything. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, that's awesome. The second call. Maybe you were walking with the Lord and 
man, life got the best of you, like we were talking about a moment ago. Just life just beat you up or whatever it may be. You got discouraged and you just disconnected in your faith unto the Lord and you quit trusting him and you literally just turned your back on him. You're not here out of coincidence tonight. You're here because saying, I'm calling you back home. Come on, you need to return to your first love. Yeah, I see your hand. I'm with you on that. You need to return. Come on. There's folks here. You need to return to your first love. Yes, sir. I see your hand. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Return to your first love. Yes. I see your hand back there. He loves you. Never has he turned his back on you. And the third call tonight, you were one of the people that I was talking to a moment ago where you're just struggling in life and things just aren't seeming to fit and work out and you're just not even able to sleep like you should and could at night. I need to see your hands. Lift them up because I want to pray for you specifically. Yes, hands all over the place. Some of you that are raising your hands were the ones that raised your hand for Jesus to be your Lord. That's the key. For those who raise their hand for Jesus to be your Lord, to return back home, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And for those who raise their hand on the third call, I want to pray at the last minute. But right now, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Jesus, what I'm asking, that you be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus, I'm submitting myself completely to you. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings. And Jesus, forgive me for not trusting you. But tonight, I choose to trust you completely in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those who raise your hand on the third call, let me pray for you. Father, Father, and I need all the leaders to pray with me, leaders of the church to pray with me for those that raise their hand on the third call. Father, for those that raise their hand on the third call, that they're, they're just, their life's not seeming to fit and they're not able to sleep at night and they're, they're just struggling, they're confused and, and life's just not that, that flow of peace that it should be. Father, right now, in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, we pray that they be released from that because right now they're going to choose to bow their knee before you and they're going to submit the entirety of their life to you right now. Everything. They're going to bow their knee and they're going to say, God in heaven, I give my life completely to you. Because, Lord, we can know you as Savior, Jesus, but that doesn't mean you're Lord. So they're choosing for you to be Lord of their lives. Now, Father, from this moment forward, reveal to them. Show them. Let them see it with clarity. Their giftings and their calling and their destiny and the uniqueness of who they are. In Jesus' name. Woo! How many believe God's doing great things? Glory to God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.